excuse not to be able to sing tonight. Well, maybe not to sing, but at least you're going to be able to read the words anyway. And let's make a joyful noise tonight, a shelter in the time of storm. Now, all together, a shame by day, deep pits by night, a shelter in the time of storm. No fears, alarm, no foes of crime, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land a shelter in the time of storm let's get out now and shake hands we do have visitors find them make yourself make them feel at home tonight everybody just get out and introduce yourself
first now, all together. The raging storms may round us be a shelter in the time of storm. We'll never leave our safe retreat, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, rock divine, oh, refuge dear, a shelter in the time of storm. Be thou our helper ever near, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. We're going to ask Brother Tommy Elder, if he will, please, to open us in prayer tonight. Amen. Remain standing. We're going to sing Revive Us Again. Most of us know the words to that. Let's see if we can get it right for now. Ladies, right now. singing. I can't hear a thing up here. On the chorus all together now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And the glory revive us again. Good. Thank you. You may be seated. Certainly glad to see everyone here tonight. Brother Ken is at Greystone Baptist Church and um, Brother Ewell Altizer, and we need to be praying for him this week. I don't know exactly when to be back. I don't know if Sherry's with her dad in North Carolina. Continue to pray for, for them there. But we're certainly glad you're here. We're going to be asking our ushers if they'll come on now and get ready to go. Wasn't Sunday service sweet? I tell you what, I tell you what, Sunday was sweet. And, you know, it was just the fact is that everybody was obedient to the Lord. And uh, if you miss Sunday morning, you missed a service. And uh, guess what? I believe it can be like that every time. If we come in anticipating him to do something, I believe he, he'll do exactly what we expect him to do. And uh, I tell you what, I was excited about that and looking forward to being here tonight after working all week just, just to be together with us to, here tonight, be out of the smoky air and get in here where it's, they said you're safe and filtered and all the air and you don't cough and all that stuff. But anyway, we're glad you're here tonight. 
And uh, we're looking forward to Brother Steve Fletcher bringing the message here. We're going to ask Brother Steve Green, if he will, ask the Lord's blessing on the offering. Amen. Looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Won't it be wonderful there? i 
you, and I appreciate that. I remember the first time I heard that, Brother Squire Parsons singing that on the, I don't remember what radio station I had done, but I was going into work, and the Lord sealed that truth in my heart about my faith shall end in sight. You know, can you we can't even imagine what God's got for us there, you know, but our faith is going to end in sight. And I know there's other songs that said that, but that was the first time in my heart that God just sealed that. You ever had a truth sealed to you while you're driving? It's not safe. You know, you need to get off the road, do something. But that was definitely a, a blessing to me to think about that. And if you're watching what's going on right now and over in Israel, you just keep thinking, you know, that's just like what God says is going to happen. And it's exactly on his timetable and all these people are trying to figure it out. And God's got it all under control. And we can leave everything in his hand because he does all things well. Well, tonight, Brother Steve Fletcher is going to come. If he, I thought he left. I, he told me I, he was going to let me have to preach. But uh, you don't want that, believe me, all right? So... Y'all pray for Brother Steve as he comes tonight. He's always a blessing. And uh, I'll just give him a smile. I don't know why it is every time I get ready to preach or I'm fixing to preach, someone always tells me to not take all night. Be in our We got things to do. I got a good memory. I remember, Pat, last time you said you had to go shopping. And... Uh, I thought back, I thought coming tonight to church, I thought about the first time I preached up here. I think it was about the time I got up here, I was through and back sitting down. It was about three minutes and that was it. And it, remind, it reminds me, every time someone says that to me, it reminds me of a, of a story I heard about these two baseball players. I'm a big baseball fan and they were in a big heated discussion about who was the fastest ball player to ever play the game of baseball. One was talking about oh so and so and how fast he was. Said, That's the fastest player I'd ever seen. He, this other old guy, he said, "Nah," said he's not the fastest one. Said I know oh so and so back then. Said let me tell you how fast he was. He was so fast he hit a line drive right back up the middle and he hit him in the head while he was rounding second. And I thought to myself, "That's pretty fast." And I'll try not to be that fast, but I'll share with you tonight what the Lord has put on my heart and uh, very seldom I ever turn to a passage of scripture and read a passage and it just stays with me but when brother Ken asked me he about a week and a half or so ago it was about a day before my father-in-law passed away and uh, I come home that Saturday night and read this psalm as my devotion that day and it has stood with me so I'm going to share some things with you from it tonight the psalmist David said in Psalm 139, verse number 1, he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knoweth my downsittings and my uprisings. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I free from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light 
are both alike to thee, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book, and all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in numbers than the sand. When I wake, I am still with thee. Let's pray. Our kind and loving Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, to ask for your help. God, that you'd just set me aside for a few moments and fill me with thy power and thy spirit and give us ears to hear what the word of God has to say, not me, but what you have to say, Lord. God, guard my lips that I would not say anything that would, would misrepresent thy word. Lord, I pray for your liberty and your power. Help us now, Lord, as we search, and may thy spirit take thy word into our hearts and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Now tonight I'm not going to try to give you a lecture on theology, but though as we examine this Psalm 139 and its contents, we do find the attributes of God all listed. We find first of all that God, we find the omniscience of God, that he is all-knowing. We find the omnipresence of God, that he is everywhere. And we find the omnipotence of God, that he is all-powerful. What I want to talk about tonight, and what I want us to take just a few moments to think about, is what happens to a believer, what happens to us when we take the time to think about what a mighty God we serve. I want you to notice verse number 6, and I draw my thoughts from this verse mainly. David said, such knowledge, when he thought about God in the first five verses, when he considered everything about the presence of God, when he thought about him, he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. David said, I cannot grasp it. It's beyond me. David said, it overwhelms me. When I think about God's presence, it completely floors me. It overwhelms me. I cannot endure it. Such knowledge surpasses any understanding that I might have. Can we tonight attain any ideal of his power? of his wisdom and of his holiness when we stop and think about what a mighty God that we serve what God has done for us in his love that he loved us so much that he would send Jesus his only son to the cross to die for us can we obtain the knowledge when we think about Calvary and what Christ done for us on Calvary's cross it goes beyond anything that we can comprehend anything that we can try to understand we too, along with David, can say such knowledge is too wonderful. Can we think about it when we think about God's mercy that He spared us and His grace that sees us through from day to day? It goes beyond anything that I can comprehend. And I say along with the psalmist, David in 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It overwhelms me. It floors me. I cannot endure it. I cannot comprehend it all. God is so wonderful. However, we as humans in our daily lives, we have a tendency to get caught up in our lives and we have a tendency to lose our amazement. 
we have a tendency to lose our wonder. And what I'm afraid that happens to us is when we lose the wonder of God, when we lose what God has done for us, when we lose thought of how God and His greatness and how great He is and what He's done for us, when we lose that wonder, I think we fail to worship. I think we come to the house of God with lost wonder and fail to worship Him. David realizes the wonder of God and shares with us in this psalmist, son of the wonder of God. I want us to, first of all, I want to share with you, first of all, he shares with us, can I call it, for lack of a better word, uh, the wonder of God's personality or the wonder of God's knowledge. Five times he states in this psalm that, that, that God had searched him. He said in verse number one, he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and have known me. The word search there is an interesting word. It means to dig out, to search for treasures. Spurgeon says in his commentary on the Psalms, he says, God is searching, digging out the believer, trying to find something about that person he can bless. I thought as I read this and thought about searching out and digging out a treasure, it carried me back a few years uh, in my life. And my wife and myself, we were sitting at the table one night we were eating, and, and at that time, our boys were, uh, I'd say, around four or five years old. You know how boys are when they're in that four or five years old. You know how, what they can get into. We had them well under control. They were in the back of the house in their bedroom. What harm can they cause back there in the back of the house, in their bedroom? Oh, we heard something, bam, 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 bam. And I looked over here and I said, what is that? She said, I don't know. I said, well, you go check it out. She said, you go check it out. Bam, bam. I said, let's go check it out. We got out and we went through the hallway and then went in there and we looked over on the bed. And there them two boys was and they turned around. They looked at us with them eyes about as big as saucers. One had a screwdriver and the other one had a hammer and I had a hole in my wall about that big. And they looked at me and they said, Daddy, we searching for treasure. We hunting something good. As though I buried something in those walls. You know what God knows about us? What does God know about us? He says in verse number 2, He says He knows our movements. He knows what we do. He says He knows our uprisings and our downsittings. In other words, the psalmist is saying here is when we're tired, God knows about it. When we've done everything, when, we, when we're traveling, we've done everything, God knows about it. There's not a step that we can take in our daily life that God does not know. God knows when we don't sleep at night. God knows when we're up walking the floors at night and we can't sleep and we're having those sleepless nights. God knows about them. God knows every movement, our uprisings and our downsittings. God knows every movement that we make. Not only does He know every movement that He makes, but you look down in verse number 2, He knows our motives. He says in verse number 2, Psalm 139, verse number 2, He says, Thou understandest my thought afar off. You know, Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, he understood the thoughts of the Pharisees. He knew the motive behind their thoughts and the reasoning. You know, the Lord knows our thoughts tonight. He knows why we do what we do. He knows those thoughts. He knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts. He knows if our thoughts are lofty. He knows if our thoughts are compassionate. He knows if our thoughts are noble, he even knows if our thoughts tonight are cowardly. Every single thought that passes our mind, God 
knows what their thought, those thoughts are. I was thinking one morning, as I was going to work, I was praying, and I was going through some things, and I know some of you are going to look at me, and, but I know you do those things too. I done them, and, and so I can get up here and I can say them because you know what I'm talking about because we all go through these same experiences. You ever had someone or some, some person just really rub you the wrong way, just really crawl under your skin, just really get to you? And you, know, you, and, and you get down and you really get filled with the Spirit and, you, and you're, praying, you're praying for things and you're asking God to bless this and you're asking God to bless this thing and, and you come to, you start praying for people and you start praying for this particular person and you ask God to bless this person. Then all of a sudden, isn't it amazing how this one person that just rubbed you the wrong way, they come straight to your mind and you just sort of skip right on over them? You know, God knows those. I was praying one morning, and, and, and the Lord knows. And, and as I was praying for people, and, I, and this one person came to my mind, and I thought, I'm not going to pray for them. And I just kept right on praying. And then I thought, well, you crazy thing. God knows everything about it. Why don't you just open up your hearts and tell God all about it? And boy, and I'm telling you right there, I just told God everything about it. I said, Lord, I want you to bless this person. I've had a problem with this person. I can't get along. This person just rubs me the wrong way. But God, I want you to bless them. And the more I pray, the more I felt the Spirit of God just move in. And the more comfortable I got, the more I loved that person. God knows our thoughts. God knows everything about it. He knows our every movement. The psalmist says he knows our motive. Then he knows every moment. Verse 3 and 4 tells us that God knows every single step that he ta we take. Every time we take a step, God knows it. Every single word, the psalmist said, God knows it. I was reading today, and it might have been yesterday, where someone made a statement that, that in an average man's day, an average man can say enough words to fill a volume of books. Then that in a year's time that they can say enough words to fill a whole college library. And I got to thinking about that. And the first thing that came to my, my mind was they didn't know my wife. She can say enough words in a day to fill two volumes of books in the largest library you've ever seen. And I can say that now because she's next door in Awana. You know, many times we forget things that we say, don't we? We say things to people and we go on, we forget about them. God never forgets a word. God knows every word that we have ever said. God knows every move that we've made. He knows our every movement, every word. Such knowledge is too wonderful, David said. Not only that, but God says he sees our every single maneuver. Verse 5, he says, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. You see the little word there, beset, in verse number 5? The word means to be hemmed in. It means to be surrounded. It carried me back in my days to my granddad. We used to play checkers, and I loved to play checkers with him. As a matter of fact, at his death, his checkerboard and checkers was given to me, and I've still got those at my home. But he taught me a lot, but I tried to play. I tried to try to beat him. Uh, I could talk to him right now, and then tomorrow he, he might not know who my name was, but he, he never forgot how to play checkers. And, I, and he says, son, he look at me, he says, son, let me tell you, you're going to play checkers, you've got to think four or five moves in advance. And one night I got over there, y'all been to Cracker Barrel, I'm sure, they got that great big old checkerboard, and I found somebody I could beat, my wife. 
I set her down and we begin to play checkers and, and she's the worst checker player I've ever seen. She'd make a move here and I'd make a move and she'd make a move and I'd make a move. And I started thinking three or four moves in advance, anticipating her next move and got down toward the end of the game. I had her all hemmed in. I had her all boxed in in one little corner. She couldn't, I said, you're moving. She said, well, I can't move. I said, you got to move, move. And she says, I quit. She got up. You see the word beset there in verse number five, it means to be hemmed in. It's like, you see, God has given us a will. We have a choice to make in life. And so what God does, is, if, you can, if you can use it, it's just like, he's, it's like a big old checkerboard. God says, your move, we make a move. Then God makes a move. Then we make a move. And then God makes a move. And then we make a move. Then God makes a move. And the next thing, when we're trying to flee from God to try to get away from God, God's got us hemmed in right where He wants us. He's got us hemmed in. And the psalmist sees this, and he understands this. He understands the wonder of God's knowledge. He understands the wonder of God's personality. He understands that there's nothing he can do that can escape God. God knows everything. God sees everything. God knows everything about him. And then in verse number 6, he said, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot attain it. You know what happened to David? David began to worship. David began to worship God for who God is. When we fail, when we lose the wonder of who God is, we lose our worship. But when we realize who God is, when we understand the wonder of His knowledge, we understand the personality of God, the person of God, we can worship God for who He is. Not us, but who God is. Not only does David see the wonder of God's personality, His knowledge, but second of all, he sees the wonder of God's presence. Verse number 7, he says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I free, flee from thy presence? David knew. Listen, David knew there was nowhere he could go that he could escape the presence of God. He goes on in verse number 8, and he says in verse number 8, he says, even in death, we cannot escape the presence of God. He says, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. A few days ago, matter of fact, about eight or nine days ago, my father-in-law passed away on a Sunday morning. And we went up to the funeral home with the family, and we went in for the first time, and he was a God-fearing man. He loved the Lord. And he loved to sing. He didn't sing about God, and he loved God. He, he, and, and, and we went in, we looked there, and I thought, nothing more than a shell. As I viewed his body. I said, nothing more than a shell. And I agreed. Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I got to thinking about what Paul said. And I thought, he's not there. He's with God. He's in heaven. And he's in God. And, he's, and even in his death, he could not escape the very presence of God. But then he goes on. He says, to a believer. But then he says in verse number 8, to an unbeliever. He says, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. In the past couple years, I have known two people very personally. I've become acquainted with them, one being a relative, another a, a friend that I worked with. Both of those people had personal problems, and they had, they had uh, the, the pressures of life just overcame and overtook them. They took their own life. They took a pistol and took it to their head and shot themselves. I knew them both very well. 
what they were fleeing, they were fleeing their problems. They were fleeing God. They were running from God and they were fleeing God. But the psalmist says, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If there's one here tonight, I want you to know, if you don't know Jesus Christ if you, as your Savior, when you die and you go to hell, you think you can escape the presence of God, you're wrong. You'll never be able to escape the presence of God, not in death. But he goes on, he says in verse number 9, not only in death can we not escape the very presence of God, but he says in distance. We cannot escape his presence. He says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. The word hold there means to be literally snatched away. I think of Jonah. When God told him, gave him his word to go to Nineveh to preach, and Jonah got on that ship and was trying to flee from the presence of God, and God just reached out and snatched him and brought him back. There is no way, we, nowhere we can go that we can escape the presence of God. There's no distance that we can travel to escape the presence of God. I've heard my dad tell a story so many times. I had a godly grandmother who loved the Lord. My dad would tell it. Dad was living there in Alabama and he decided he would leave a little old town of Geraldine where, I, where, I, where he was born and go to Birmingham, and he thought if he could go to Birmingham, he could get a job, and he's told it so many times. His true motive for going to Birmingham was, was to get away from his mother because his mother would not leave him alone about the Lord. She continued to pray for him. He told me about times coming in at home, and he'd hear his mother pray, God, save my son. He said to me, he said, son, he said, I tried to come to Chattanooga. He said, I got up here and I could not escape my mother's prayers. He said, God hemmed me in one night and saved me by his marvelous grace. You see, even in distance, we cannot escape the presence of God. The psalmist goes on. He says, not only in, in death can we not escape his presence, not in distance can we not escape his presence, but even in darkness, we cannot escape the presence of God. He says in verse number 7, he says, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, I love this verse, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth of today. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Listen to me tonight, in your darkest hour, when you think ever your friends have failed you, when you think everyone's abandoned you, God is still there, His light's still shining. In your darkest hour, you cannot escape the very presence of God. I use this illustration. The other day, my oldest son called me at night, and I was sitting there, and he's 25 years old. And I got to thinking when we hung up, I cannot remember a time in the last 15 to 20 years I've ever heard my boy cry. He called me, and he was weeping, and he was wanting advice. And I was put on the spot right there. And I re relied on the resources of my father. And I told him I loved him. He was having some serious problems at his job. Grave and very serious problems. Very serious. He was wanting, wanting some advice. And you know what I told him? 
I said, son, you're not going to like what I got to say to you. It's not what you come after. You called me tonight wanting me to give you advice and you want me to give you direction. I know this is not what you called me to hear, but this is what I'm going to say. And I asked him, I said, you told me back in that time when you changed jobs, you went there, you said you prayed about this job, didn't you? And he said, yeah, Dad, I did. And I said, you told me it was the will of God, didn't you? And he said, yeah, I did. And I said, then trust him and have faith in him. And believe in Him. No matter how dark it is in your life right now, son, God is still God, and God is still on the throne, and His light still shines. Brother Ken used to say, the will of God will not lead us when the grace of God cannot keep us. No matter how dark it may seem in your life, God's light still shines. The psalmist goes on. He says, not only that, but I'll close with this. Verse number 13, he talks about the wonder of God's personality and the wonder of God's presence, and then finally the wonder of God's power. He says in verse number 13, he says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what the psalmist is talking about here? He could have used the creation to talk about God's great, wonderful power, he could have used the creation when God created the earth, but he didn't. He talked about the creation and the miracle of birth to explain. He used the miracle of birth to explain the power of God. You see in verse number 13, you see the word he uses, possessed there. The word means to form. Or to create. And the word reigns is talking about our inwards. And I can guarantee you when David penned this psalm. I doubt very seriously he knew everything about the human blood cells. White blood cells. And red blood cells. And the chromosomes. And how all these things have to come together. And how every function has got to function. To make human life. And God is the one who's in control of all that. David said. Everything about a human body. God created it. And he created it in perfect fashion. And may I go on to add this tonight? In the wake of what time of the year it is, as everyone knows, as we'll be taking, we'd be doing our political thing next Tuesday as we go to vote. I think about only God has the power to create life. And I think that God only has the power to take life. God only has that power. Some doctors or some of our government laws may say and may declare killing an unborn baby is legal, but I think God calls it sin. It's an abomination to him and it's unholy. David, not only does he say in this that God creates us, but then he closes in verse number 17 and 18 and he says God considers us. He says how precious also are thy thoughts unto me. God is thinking about him. God tonight is thinking about me. Not too long ago, I was in my company as I was sitting there working at my place and doing my paperwork and getting ready to go out. I felt a tap on my shoulder. 
I turned around, here's this little bitty short fella, not five foot six, had on a very normally dressed man. He says, how you doing? Stuck out his hand, I shaked hands with him. He says, I'm Howard Dean. Well, that name caught me by surprise for a second. I got to think, well, that's the president of our company. We're talking about the president of Dean's Food. He owns 40 and 50 companies all over this country and all over this world. At one time, he's right up there at number two in the world in dairy producing products. And he shook my hand. And then I got to thinking, he don't even know me. He don't even know who I am. He don't even know my name. But he called me Steve, and then I got thinking, that's one of my names on my shirt. That's the only way he knew how, who I was. You think about it. The psalmist says, Thy thoughts are unto me, O God. You know, God doesn't have to look at my shirt to know who I am. He knows me. He knows everything about me. And what makes it so wonderful is God thinks about me. He thinks about me. There's not a, a day that can go by that God does not consider me in his thoughts. He thinks about me. And I can say tonight with David, I can look back at verse number 6, and I can say such knowledge... It's too wonderful, me. It's too wonderful. I cannot attain it. Oh, when I understand something about the wonder of God, and when we, when we consider it, when we let the wonder of God just set into our minds and meditate on that, and then we can worship God for who He is. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, tonight we come to You. We're thankful tonight, God, for Your many, many blessings. Lord, You've just been so good to me. You've been good to me, Lord, just to allow me an opportunity to get up here and to attempt to say something about your goodness. And Lord, I realize tonight I cannot do it right the way it should have been done, but Lord, I've done the best I could. Oh, God, just help us all tonight that we just open up our hearts to you and just allow, Lord, you to just come into our minds and into our hearts and just dwell upon you, think about your goodness. You think about your presence. Think about your personality. Think about your power. And no, Lord, there's nowhere we can go that we can escape you. God, no matter how many problems tries to overtake us, God, your light can still shine through those problems. Lord, we give you all honor and all glory and all praise tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pass. Amen. I guess, Brother Rick, this being Wednesday night, I believe Wednesday night's prayer meeting night, and I believe we ought to have a time of prayer. I agree with Brother Rick. We come in here Sunday morning, and we had a, during the talks meeting, we all gathered around the altar to pray. Special needs that were present. It was such a good presence of the Lord, even in the talks meeting. Personally, for myself, we went to Sunday school class, and we began to have class, and there was such a presence of the Lord there. Tears in people's eyes. Burdens over lost loved ones. And we come out here into the main auditorium and, and just in our opening song, you could feel the sweet presence of the Lord. And I turned, you know, I, I looked over at Dad at that time Sunday morning and I said, this thing's going to get out of its banks today. 
I said, you can feel the presence of God. No, it was so real. You know what brought all that on? Prayer. Prayer. A service like that just doesn't happen unless it's been bathed in prayer. We have many needs tonight. Our missionary of the week, Bobby and Angie Watson, serving in Costa Rica. Of course, Brother Ken at Greystone Baptist Church. Pastor Yule Altizer. Let's continue to pray for him. I imagine the meeting is probably over with tonight. Brother Ken be on his way back. Let's pray for him that God would watch over him as he comes home. Those in the hospital. And also we have a special prayer request here for Robert and Jennifer Gerard. Jennifer's grandmother passed away today. So let's remember to lift this up to God in prayer. And may I say if there's any other, anybody on this side over here have anything? Matter of prayer tonight? Anybody to my left? A neighbor that's passed away here? Anyone else on my left? Anyone in the middle? Anything on your heart you want to share? Anything? Any special need for prayer? What about to my right? Anything on the right? Well, I tell you, let's just time all you that would. Let's just close out our service tonight. Having an old-fashioned around-the-altar prayer meeting. All of you that would come. And I'll call on someone to lead us in prayer, and we'll pray. Let's pray for the service this Sunday. We don't want to live off what God gave us last Sunday. We want something afresh, something new this coming Sunday. Let's pray for our pastor that God would touch him. These special requests, these in the nursing home, these that are shut in. Just lift these up to the Lord in prayer. Thank him for everything he's done for us. James Adams, if you would, just, would you lead us in prayer tonight? Father, we ask you tonight, Lord, to continue to go with us, to lead us, and to direct us. Lord, as we leave tonight, we ask that you continue to be with our one and with our youth and with Brother Ken tonight. We just pray, Lord, that you be with him. Lord, we have loved ones 
Lord, that are lost. Lord, we pray that, Lord, they would come under the power of the Holy Spirit's conviction. Lord, we pray for the service this Sunday. We pray that, Heavenly Father, God, that you would just touch our service Sunday. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us last week. God, we come back Sunday, we want something fresh. We ask that, God, that you would just touch every Sunday school teacher in every class. Lord, be with the service. Brother Rick, as he leads in the singing, the special singers, and Brother Ken, as he brings the message. Lord, help our church to be a light, to shine. Lord, for one who can come here, they can come here knowing and expect to hear and get something from you. Lord, again, we give you all honor and all glory and all praise. And we thank you, Father, for everything that you've done. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Where's Brother Rick? He done leave? Dismissed? Y'all are dismissed. <laughs>